0: To my friend Drew, Allen, and I'll tell you what—he's a tough guy, a millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of one your writing. of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion, conservative Drew Allen. And Drew Allen. Hard conservative I look into this guy, for wisdom. You know, one of the things that just really astonishes me, and I—I—I I, I cannot personally, as Drew Allen, the millennial minister of truth here. I really can't wrap my head around it. I can't, I can't intrinsically understand the mentality or attitude because I'm just not wired that way. And, and that is people in America who just cling to failure, cling to failure. And, and what I'm talking about is all of the different failing programs of the federal government. Our Department of Education is an abject failure. Social Security is a failure uh medicare these programs are insolvent um you know the, the debt is unsustainable these programs are destroying america and and this isn't even the thing about what i'm saying is that it's not even an opinion it's not even a political statement really it's just based on statistics on facts social security i mean not only is it pragmatically A stupid idea to begin with, the fact that, you know, the American citizen uh, can work their entire life, and then the government has to take care of you uh, when you retire at the age of, you know, 65 with money that they forced you to give them to begin with. They're going to give it back to you. You know, you can't put in a bank account. You can't invest it yourself. You're so stupid. You can't be trusted with your own decisions in your life that, oh, yeah, we need Social Security. And of course the whole premise of that was 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 founded on a lie as well. You know this belief that you know you're all going to have your your kind of private bank accounts if you will and and that's not the case it just goes into the general fund. Um sorry a little technical thing here and then we'll continue. Um captain I've got this crazy sound in my in my ear here. I don't know if um it's just because of the crazy manner in which we're doing this show. You being in Louisiana, going through your computer in New Hampshire, and me here in California. But anyway, just to let you know. I don't know. Let me know if there's something I can do about it. But anyway, I'll keep going. But, but my point is, you know, if, if the U.S. is a sinking ship, and it really is, all these programs. I mean, look look at the Department of Education. Um, you know, look at the public education system in general. You know, you've got kids. Report after report, I've seen even over the last week, that you, you've got uh, a majority of, of students, young people in these different schools, especially in Democrat run cities, of course, they, they they cannot pass basic literacy literacy tests. I, I mean, these are our children, and we're failing them. And I keep hearing from the Biden administration every day that we need to give these teachers raises. They deserve raises. Why? Why do they deserve raises? What have they done to earn raises? They're failing our children. The schools are failing our children. You're putting critical race theory and gender theory. In these classrooms, prioritizing that which is sick to begin with, and and harmful, and they can't learn math, science, they can't read and write. Uh, I don't think so. But my point is, you look at this, and they need to be fixed for the the good of Americans, apolitically. And what do the Democrats do? What do Democrat voters say? No, no, no. We we can't touch these programs. We can't reform these programs. We're not going to do anything to them. I mean, it's like you've got life rafts out there, which are different ideas, different solutions to fix these problems. And Democrat voters just want to cling to that Titanic as it's going down and they want to drown. I mean, this is what I can't understand. I mean, with my podcast and my own life experience when I was producing movies, even as an actor, I mean, everything I've ever done, I've always I've always been self- critical in a positive manner, sometimes hard on myself, because I wanted to improve. You know, I wanted to recognize things that weren't weren't working, and you know when something's not working. I mean, when kids can't read, you know you have a problem, and they just want to give teachers more money. And, and the thing that's crazy to me is all these programs that are so useless, that are actually detrimental. You know, people act like this is how it's always been. It hasn't always been this way. I mean, the federalization of everything, I mean, you know yeah, you had uh, you know the New Deal policies of FDR, but really it was Lyndon Baines Johnson and his great society that really wrecked this country and put it on this trajectory that has led us to this you know dangerous point in American history and so you know there are so many solutions for this and and, and they won't they won't touch it. and this is what I don't understand. none of them work. They need to be reformed or outright abolished, and you can't do it. You know, and I think the reason I got on this, this this rant was because, you know, I see these Democrats, I think Lauren Boebert came out today or yesterday and suggested, you know, breaking up, abolishing the Department of Education. And, of course, people lose their minds as if that's a crazy idea. The Department of Education is a failure. We didn't have a Department of Education at one point in American history before the 1960s. And you know, most Americans could read and write back then. Now, since the establishment of these departments, like the Department of Education, since the federal government took over and you know took the uh, public school, public education system hostage, well, now you've got literacy rates that are just embarrassing for a first world world country. And and, and you know, you're not allowed to touch them. It's it's absolutely insane. I mean, this and, and, you know. This point really, this this country really has reached a new low under this administration. It really has, and it's not. It look, I mean, it is the Biden administration, but there are Republicans too. I, I would say politics in America, the government itself, the way it operates, or rather, doesn't operate. Um, it, it's 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 absolutely an atrocity, an atrocity, and. I've got that sound back in my ear, Captain, but it's okay. We'll keep going as consummate professionals here. Um, hopefully you guys don't hear it. It's just driving me crazy. I feel like Kamala Harris is talking into my ear in one ear and Hillary Clinton's talking in the other. Can you imagine that? Only I can survive this. Um, but anyway, look, you know, the the whole idea of the founding of this country, and I, I don't mean to sit here and wax eloquent forever, you know, poetically about, about, um, all of this, but I think it's important to establish the tone of this episode and what I want to say today, because the, the greatness of America is in the American citizen, right? What is so unique above all about America, of course, yes, it's our Constitution, but it's the idea that was put in the Constitution and our founding documents, the Declaration of Independence, that in this country, the government is limited. Right? We have unalienable rights, and we the people are actually the master. We are in control of our destiny, destinies and our fates. We, we have individual rights. We have autonomy, independence. We believe in ourselves and our own ability and capacity to change and grow and succeed. That's unique. That's unique. And so what is happening right now, which is so frightening to me, to be honest, it's not just that the government has reversed the roles, right? The politicians, the Mitch McConnells, the Bidens, the Pete Pute Buttigiegs of the world out there, the Barack Obamas, all of these politicians, Mitt Romney, I can go down a list, you know, forever. You know, it's frightening enough that these people don't understand their role in this country, their constitutional role, right? They believe their master and they believe we are their servants. They believe that we are subservient to them. They view us as their slaves. They do not respect our rights. They don't respect our our ability to self-govern. They have violated the Constitution through policies, obviously, but also intellectually, the way they speak and talk down to us. That's one problem. But that problem really exists and continues to exacerbate because American citizens have also adopted that same view. You see, Democrat voters in particular do not believe in their ability of self-determination. They don't believe in any of that. They're all perpetual victims, and they blame all their problems on somebody else. They don't take responsibility. And the entire Democrat platform is based on irresponsibility. The whole abortion movement. Yes, it's diminishing the, the value of human life, but the abortion argument from the left, really what it comes down to, is it's an argument that people shouldn't have to be responsible. You shouldn't have to take responsibility for your own actions. So you can go out and behave sexually in any manner that you choose, and you shouldn't have to face any consequences for that action. That's what that's about. It's about the the living a life free of responsibility. And that's the worry. You know, Democrats are on board with this. They vote for it. And the party of progress, to my point, there's nothing progressive about them. You know, Social Security, the Department of Education, the teachers' unions, all of these failed programs in America, even the IRS and the way we we do our tax code. You know, I've hit on this before, and this isn't really the point of this entire episode, but I just want to touch on it because I think it's important again. You know, our our progressive tax system is is absolutely broken. And we didn't always have this, right? I mean, the IRS was established under Lincoln during the Civil War just to pick up to, to, to gather taxes because we, you know, we were fighting a civil war. We were fighting against Democrats to abolish slavery. And they needed funds for that war, but it was never meant to be permanent. I mean, that 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 was one of the primary well, one of the motivating factors of the founding fathers, right? The American Revolution taxation without representation. And the American colonists were taxed far less than their counterparts actually living on the British mainland. And yet still, it was egregious to them. The idea that the, the King of England could just continue to levy taxes to his heart's content and take more and more of their money to pay for whatever he wanted to. That's what we have here, sending all this money to Ukraine. I mean, that's just one example, recent example that has a lot of Americans upset. But, you know, it's just, that's the other view, right? I mean, we exist to, to, to give our money to the government. I mean, we spend most of our working lives earning money for the federal government. We're all essentially federal employees, government employees. We might not have those cushy government jobs, but we are working for the government when they take half of our paycheck And so you know the 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 Republicans have proposed replacing the IRS, replacing the current tax system with a a a national sales tax that's thirty percent. And the Democrats, I mean, they're lying about it. They're suggesting that Republicans are really what they're asking for is to raise your taxes by thirty percent, but they're lying. They're lying. They want to replace the current tax system. And I gave this example a couple episodes ago. But if you work in the city of Los Angeles, just as an example, and there are other, you know, high tax areas of the country that are the same way. But if you make $100,000 a year in Los Angeles, well, you pay $30,000 in taxes off the bat. So your take home is only $70,000. And then you go and pay taxes on gas. You pay taxes on bread. You pay taxes at the grocery store. When you buy a car, there are taxes everywhere. Everything is taxed, in addition to the taxes you've already paid. And so the Republicans are saying hey, you know what? Let's get rid of that. Let's really have a fair tax here. And you only get taxed on what you purchase, on what you spend. It would expand the tax base, and it's very fair. And it puts more money in people's pockets. And they can, they're free to actually put that money back into the economy as they see. So instead of the, the federal government just ripping money out of the economy, they could be spent, right? Because remember, the government doesn't create anything. It can only take away wealth. It can only slow economic growth in terms of taxation. It is our spending. It is our job creation in the private sector. Well, that's the money that pays for for all of these programs and things that the government is forcing on us. So, you know, you need a robust private sector. You need wealth creation in the private sector to grow the economy and lift people out of poverty. But the federal government, the Democrats, don't see it that way because they don't want you to have more of that money because they don't believe it belongs to you to begin with. But if you only had a sales tax, well, it would spur economic growth you'd have $30,000 if you made $100,000 in your paycheck to spend as you saw fit and the government would then get those taxes so you know these are the ideas that are out there and you don't have to to love that particular solution i believe that it is a good solution but we won't try it i mean in the past in this country you know we didn't have the department of education like all everything's gotten worse since these programs have been instituted that's the point the poverty rate has remained unchanged since the war on poverty began under Lyndon Baines Johnson the creation of these welfare programs of social security uh you know previously and so on and so forth and yet you look at the data and it's not working and they don't want to touch it they don't want to touch it but at the time when they pitched those things they said well we need these programs this is progressive this is progress Well, why is progress now maintaining the status quo that's not working? You see what I'm I'm trying to explain? I really can't get in the mind of somebody who looks at these statistics and everything else and their big idea is not to touch it. What are they so fearful of? I mean, these programs should have been scratched long ago when we knew that they weren't successful, but they doubled down on them. And it's part of rewiring people's brains to believe that they need to be dependent upon the federal government and not dependent upon themselves. You know, you used to have schoolhouses, local schoolhouses throughout the country, and they did all the teaching. They'd find the teachers, they'd teach, they'd volunteer their time in many cases, because, you know, you wanted your kids to be educated, and that's how it happened. And people could read, and people could write, despite the federal government being completely uninvolved in the education system. And of course, we know that the government, whenever they take over, whenever they intrude, whenever they involve themselves in anything in this country, it gets corrupted. It gets corrupted. So anyway... But anyway, I, I, I want to touch on uh what happened, of course, what's still going on in East Palestine, Ohio. Um it, it's absolutely disgraceful. And honestly, it makes me sick to my stomach as an American citizen. Uh the 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 what we've learned from this is that our politicians, including especially the Biden administration, um they are vile, self serving sociopaths. And they view American suffering in this country as an inconvenience to the politicians. Because these politicians don't really wanna solve any problems. They don't care about the American people. They've made that very, very clear. They care nothing about us. If you're an illegal alien coming from another country, invading our border, well, they care about you. They need to ensure that you're comfortable, ensure that you get an iPhone, ensure that you get the health care that you need if you're not even American, an American citizen. If you violate the laws of this country, and invade, invade America through the southern border, well, you have rights. We're going to take care of you. That's our promise to foreigners. If you're Ukraine, and you're a Ukrainian, and you're Zelensky, well, you come first. You come first. Now, there's plenty of blame to go around in this horrific uh, ecological ecological tragedy that has happened and is continuing to unfold in East Palestine, Ohio. And, of course, the government has shown that they don't really care. They don't really care. And, and I'm really not taking a partisan political point of view on this. Um, I am no fan of both governors of Pennsylvania or Ohio. I don't particularly like Governor DeWine, in fact, I really detest him. He's a Republican, a rhino, actually. And uh, Josh Shapiro, of course, the, the Democrat there in Pennsylvania, you know, the place that elected also John Fetterman, who has now checked himself into, um, well, a clinic for depression. Um, I'm sorry to do this right now. My phone's blowing up. Uh, I have the airplane mode on, Wi-Fi is on, and I I cannot get rid of these people that are constantly reaching out to me on the PR side. Uh, anyway, a moment of peace here. I'm with my family here on the Drew Allen show. I don't want to be bothered with this other stuff. So, you know, just imagine for a a moment, you know, um, East Palestine, Ohio, you know, some, some statistics because, you know, these are human beings. These, these are not just human beings. They're American citizens. And, you know, I thought at one time that, that we rallied around our own. That, that we, we, even in this divisive time that we live in, and it's, it's been de- divisive for a long time. But in, in tragedies, none of that matters. Uh, we come together as Americans and we show the best side of ourselves in those moments. I mean, we, we saw this with Demar uh, Hamlin when he collapsed on a football field recently uh, during the Buffalo Bills game against the the Bengals and um, Americans prayed and Americans rallied and Barack, I mean, uh, well, maybe Barack Obama too, but, you know, President Biden and many of these politicians that are MIA now, well, they were quick to come out and wish him their best and and offer, you know, uh, their prayers up for him. But somehow, when a train derails in East Han- East. Palestine, Ohio, and Governor Dewine. By the way, the they have they have acknowledged, taken responsibility for giving the decision. This is uh, Shapiro, in Pennsylvania, and Dewine in Ohio. They have announced, admitted that the two of them together jointly uh, gave Norfolk Southern the rail line permission to do that controlled burn, which it seems it turns out to be a horrific idea a horrific idea in retrospect, an absolute disaster that put all of these carcinogenic chemicals, phosgene and all of these things into the air. And so, you know, that's a problem. That's a problem. But I'm more concerned with the fact that our politicians uh, don't care. And with the Biden administration announcing that FEMA, the uh, any aid from FEMA would not be made available to Ohio. To Ohio. Um, I'll get into that in just a second. But first, you know, I want to play a clip from Mayor Pete. Captain, cue up, cut one. Um, so, you know, imagine you live in a town of, you know, roughly 4,400 people, East Palestine, Ohio. Um, your uh, median household income in East Palestine, Ohio, was about $20,000 less than the national average. Um, it's not a, It's not a wealthy community. They have a higher rate of veterans in that community. It's something around 10.5%. The national average is something like maybe six. So you've got a a large portion of people who've served their country there. Nearly 100% of the residents based on census data are American citizens. They're not illegals. Um, They're Americans. And, um, you know, you're losing sleep over the fact that what you perceive with your own eyes and your own experience tells you that uh, it's a dangerous situation. Um, your your creeks, your streams, uh, they're, they're rainbow colored when you stir up the water because of pollutants that are in the water. You have fish that are dead. You have animals, pets that you're bearing because they've died just based on being outside and breathing in the air. And all signs indicate that there's a serious problem and you're worried about your health. You're losing sleep over it. You're worried about your family, your children, and what you're going to do because you don't have any money either. You can't get away. You're stuck. You're stuck. And imagine uh, Pete Buttigieg, the press secretary, saying this, play cut one, Captain, Go. Uh, Look, rail safety is something that uh, uh, that has evolved a lot over the years. But there's clearly more that needs to be done, because uh, while this uh, horrible situation has gotten a particularly high amount of attention, there are roughly 1000 cases a year of a train derailing. Oh, that's right. You know, I'm sure the the people in East Palestine are very comforted by that I mean I I would be right I mean um you know you're breaking out in rashes you you've been dizzy and nauseous and your pets are dying around you and Pete Buttigieg I mean he, he couldn't make the time to actually come and visit you in person but he did send out a tweet saying he's very worried and then he went on tv there as you just heard and uh he did take the time to tell you that hey uh this may be a a disaster it may be bad but you know Rail safety's come a long way actually over the years and furthermore um you know this happens all the time you know a thousand times a year so you know the media is really blowing up this story you know all your concerns about the water and the pollutants and the air and the soil and the long-term health impacts uh well you know that's just that's just ridiculous just just shut up stop complaining and whining um because you know train derailments happen often in this country, a thousand times actually. So, you know, you're not special. You're not unique. And um, you know, that's Pete. And then you've got McConnell. McConnell. Um, I'm skipping ahead to cut three for a second here, Captain. So, you know, if Pete Buttigieg's concern there um doesn't comfort you out there in East Palestine, well, surely McConnell's words will comfort you because Um, while probably the most significant thing on your mind if you live in East Palestine is your own health and the future of your community and the safety, well, Mitch McConnell has uh, some words for you as well. Go ahead and play cut three. This is McConnell. Well, I'm going to try to help explain to the American people that defeating the Russians in Ukraine is the single most important event going on in the world right now. It will save us an enormous amount of money down the road if the Ukrainians can succeed. That's right. That's right. I hope all the people in East Palestine were very comforted by McConnell's words. Um, He said that not too long ago. He has not weighed in, just to be fair. He's not weighed in at all on East Palestine. I don't know what he thinks about East Palestine. I'm not even sure that McConnell is even aware that East Palestine exists. Um, I mean, he is a senator from Kentucky, so maybe he just doesn't care about Americans elsewhere. Um, but then again, he seems to be predisposed, putting all of his energy and attention not on his own constituents in Kentucky or even American citizens, but uh, his focus is squarely on Ukraine and what's going on there. So, if you think that the most important thing right now in East Palestine is your health and the danger that you're in because of North Norfolk Southern and the response by DeWine and Shapiro and the EPA and everyone's negligence. Well, you're just a fool because really the most important thing in your life should be Ukraine, just like it is for McConnell. That's the message there. So that should make you feel good. Now, one more to play for you. I've got Troy Nels. Now, Troy Nels is a congressman from Texas. I don't know why he was visiting uh, East Palestine. I suppose they should be grateful that someone from Texas actually came out um, to see them. Um, but uh, you know, Nels Nels came out and uh, he wanted to also. Uh, really comfort the people of East Palestine. Uh, here's, here's, you're going to hear uh, or watch Troy Nels here. Um, he's going to do, he's going to borrow a trick that Obama used back in Flint, Michigan in 2014. Go ahead and play cut too, Captain. This is Troy Nels, the congressman from Texas, visiting East Palestine, Ohio. Well, folks, here, here I am. I'm at, in Palestine, in Ohio here with the train derailment. Had great meetings with Norfolk Southern. Had an opportunity to speak with the mayor, EPA officials, We talked about the the issues that the people, that the 4,800 residents are faced with here in East Palestine as it relates to water and or air quality. The air quality is fine right now and the water, the drinking water within this municipality is safe to drink. They have a water treatment facility. They've tested the water. There are no issues with the public water in the city. I'm here in front of this little cafe. I had him pull a little water out of their tapper, and I'm going to drink it. Well, there you have Troy Nels um, gracing the people of East Palestine, Ohio, with his presence, telling them essentially that um, they're foolish if they believe that um, you know, there's something wrong with the water. He's, he's going to drink it there on camera. Um, I, I wonder how many hours he spent in East Palestine. Um, doubtless, he does not have a house there since he's a representative from, uh, Texas. Um, but you know, don't worry. You guys are just making a big stink about nothing. Just like P- P- Pete Buttigieg says, you know, this stuff happens all the time. You've got a, you've got a treatment facility. Nothing to worry about. I mean, I, I, I know the fish are dying. I know your pets have been buried in the backyard. Um, uh, but you know, no big deal. It's kind of like, a, just, just get the jab. Just, just get the jab, you know, ignore the evidence out there that it can be harmful. Uh, just do as we say, just do as we say. Now, notably, Troy Nels. Um, now, look, I'm not, I can't say for certainty that this had a any influence on his decision to go out there and shill for the mayor of East Palestine and shill for Norfolk Southern. But it is important to note that uh, Troy Nels, uh, has received money from Norfolk Southern. They have contributed to his congressional campaign. So I'm sure that has nothing to do with his shilling and downplaying this. And that's really what the the, the, the upsetting thing about this, this is. The way they are, the government is trying to minimize the emotions, the feelings, the danger, and even the reality that the locals in East Palestine are perceiving. I mean, this this is the let the meat cake attitude of 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 the, the 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 these people. But it's worse than that because you know the EPA, not the EPA. Sorry. Um. Well. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Well, anyway, so they uh, the Biden administration has announced. You know, F- FEMA is a is a president serving organization in the government. They're not, they're not really congressional serving. Um, They really serve uh, uh, at at the leisure of of the president. Um, He he can make decisions there and so on and so forth. Uh, But it was, it was noted on Thursday, yesterday that FEMA had announced that they would not make funds available to the people of East Palestine, Ohio to help them because this represented a non-traditional disaster. So it's not a, Hurricane. It's not a tornado. Uh, their homes weren't weren't destroyed by inclement weather, and so under that justification, FEMA says the money's not available to them. Now, uh, I, you know, I, I I have been talking about this, and and people who are not very intelligent, um, which of course means they're on the left, they're Democrats. <clears throat> they have they have suggested that this this is because Dewine has not yet declared a state of emergency. And FEMA can only issue funds and aid if you, you know, declare a state of emergency. Um, FEMA has made it clear to Ohio Governor DeWine that this doesn't qualify as a traditional disaster. And so on that those grounds, they won't give him money. So he's not declaring a state of emergency because Declaring a state of emergency, the intention would be to do it so that FEMA gives you money. FEMA is saying we're not going to give you money because this is a non-traditional disaster, and so therefore it makes no sense for Dewine to declare a national, a state of emergency in the state. Does that make sense? I know that's very hard for people on the left to understand. Um, for some reason, their brains just want to—they just. Refuse. I mean, you know, reality and truth is anathema to them. But, but fortunately, here on the Drew Allen Show, um, since I am the Millennial Minister of Truth, um, that's not an issue for me. So that's what's going on here, and it's interesting. um, That's a lie, by the way. The reason that FEMA and the Biden administration are refusing to give aid to DeWine and to the 4,800 residents of East Palestine, Ohio is because they don't want to. I don't know why they don't want to. You can speculate, given the fact that these people are largely Republicans. But I don't know. I don't have an answer, and we likely won't get an answer. But the answer they're giving is not true, because it turns out that during COVID, if you you may recall, FEMA uh, shilled out over $2 billion to over 300,000 people in this country to pay for funeral expenses to cover the cost of funerals. And I don't believe that COVID was a was a was a traditional disaster, was it not? I mean, COVID, COVID nineteen, I don't think that was the name of a hurricane that came through the country. No, it wasn't at all. It was a well, another man-made disaster. Man made kind of like actually what happened in East Palestine when Dewan and Shapiro had the bright idea to approve burning. Uh, those chemicals that were released into the air. Uh, COVID, of course, was created by the U.S. government in partnership with the Communist Chinese, uh, and that was released on us as well for some agenda. So, you know, it's just astonishing to me. I mean, this is what I'm talking about, the abuse of the American people, you know. They could find over $2 billion to give to, um, you know, people who could, could, could say that the person dead died Of COVID on their death certificate. And we know, of course, you know, you just had to test positive for COVID. You could have gotten hit by a car, but if you tested positive for COVID, they would mark that as a COVID death. So a lot of wasted money there, but you know, FEMA had no problem shilling out that money to pay for funeral expenses. And you didn't even have to be an American citizen to get the money by the way, but here in this case, they'll give, so they'll give $2 billion to cover funeral expenses for COVID, which is a non-traditional disaster but they can't come up with a few thousand dollars to pay for bottles of water for the 4,800 residents in East Palestine, Ohio. Make that make sense for me. You can't. You can't. You know, McConnell, all these people, uh, you know, they don't care about the American people. The American citizen is last. The American citizen is absolutely last. Uh, I don't know how much more evidence we need to see of this. This is just heart-wrenching for me. These are American citizens that I in California care deeply about. And our government has a responsibility to who? To the American citizen, not to illegals, not to people in Ukraine, to Americans. And this is 4,800 people. And you know, I hear McConnell and all these people justifying the billions and billions, tens of billions of dollars we've sent to Ukraine saying, oh, that's nothing. That's like 0.002% of our GDP. It's no big deal. We're stealing so much money from the American people that we can afford to give $100 billion to Ukraine because we're stealing $5 trillion from the American people. That's their attitude. That's their sick, perverted attitude. But when it comes to these people, they can't even pay for bottles of water for them, and they're poor, and they're American citizens, and many of them are veterans. And this is how we treat our own. You know, McConnell, he hasn't been out there to East Palestine, but he's certainly flew across the world to Kiev to meet with Zelensky. And the way our politicians treat the Ukrainians and Zelensky right now, it's like it's Christmas. You know, it's like our politicians go over there and they sit down like they're Santa Claus and put little Zelensky on their laps like he's some kid and they ask him for his Christmas wish list. Well, I want tanks and F 16s. Okay, you got it. We'll do it. And this Congress will move mountains to make that happen. They would convene at 2 a.m. to pass emergency legislation to ensure that Zelensky got whatever he wants. And so whatever the excuse is for not giving money, FEMA not doing it, Congress doesn't care. Where are they? Why don't they demand? Why don't they move mountains for the people here? They could get together if it required legislation. They could get together and make sure that these people are taken care of, but they don't care. They don't care. Screw you. Screw you. The illegals get cell phones. The Ukrainians get tanks. And, you know, the residents of East Palestine, you can pound sand. It makes me sick. I want to play something, uh, a full clip here. Look, stay with me. This is Barack Obama back in Flint, Michigan. Um, You know, they had lead in their water and there was a big problem there. People were getting sick, people were dying. And so Obama, much like Troy Nels, well, he went to Flint, Michigan. And I want you to hear this whole clip. It's going to be Barack Obama speaking to an audience of mostly black individuals. And you're going to hear some interviews afterwards about how the locals felt about his appearance and what he did there he he this is why i called the Nels water trick the obama water trick because before nels did it obama did it go ahead and play cut four captain go that i see you and i hear you (laughs) we invest uh can can i get some water Come on up there. I want a glass of water. Get a bottle. Bottle water! I want want a glass of water. Everybody settle down. This is a feisty crowd. Thank you. I really did need a glass of water. This is not a stunt. What? He he wet his lips. He did not drink it, he didn't sip it. He wet his lips. There was an audible gasp in the audience. People were just like absolutely dejected. Why would you do that? I I am sure that somewhere when I was two years old, I was taking a chip of paint, tasting it, and I got some lick yeah that's like talking about like well I didn't wear a seatbelt and I'm fine it's like but there were tons of people that died. Backstage the president sitting at the table with the criminal governor all all decided set. to perform his stunt all, all over again. You know generally I have not been doing stunts here but you know. <laughs> that's not what I expected that's right. what Snyder did it felt like he minimized like what people were actually going through and struggling with. If you were actually lead poisoned, you would not be present. you would be janitor Barack Obama. We were holding on to hope that he would declare a disaster area. A disaster would give us FEMA, it would give us pipe replacement, get engineers in, a, in here. Then we could get Medicare for all the residents of Flint. As soon as he took a drink of the water and said everything's fine, that was that. Was that. And look at it, years later, it's still poison. When he came here, it was my president. But when he left, he was not my president. Well, there you have some context. I mean, you hear their concerns. You hear the, the just dejection in their voices. And, and you see a man, Barack Obama, who is just thoroughly arrogant, entitled, who has no respect for even the people there in Flint, Michigan, who, you know, he he says he's the first black president. Well, there's a bunch of black people begging for his help, begging for his sympathy, and he rubs it in their faces, goes in there. These people have been getting sick from lead poisoning. And he says, nah, give me a, give me a glass of water. Give me a glass of water. I'm going to, I'm going to show you people that you're Concerns are just ill-founded and stupid. And importantly, you heard that woman at the end say, you know, when he came here, you know, she viewed him as his president. When when he left, he was not her president anymore. I want to say right now that Joe Biden is not our president. He is not an American president. And in fact, many of our politicians are not American politicians. They are... Politicians representing the interests of certainly themselves, but people in Ukraine, of illegal immigrants, but not American citizens. Americans are last zeros on their list, and these people deserve no respect from any of us. Do not be tricked into thinking that you owe them anything. You know, people got upset that Republicans booed Joe Biden at the State of the Union address. They didn't boo enough. They didn't boo enough because these people have antipathy for you and me, for the American citizen. And like I said, they view our concerns, our pain, our suffering as an inconvenience. How dare you raise your voice at me? How dare you be upset? You're lucky to have me as your president. You're lucky to have me, Pete Buttigieg, as your transportation secretary. Yes, yes, yes. Don't hold me accountable. Just shut up. Shut up and accept your fate. All right, we got to blow through some stuff here. Now, I want to get into something else here. It's 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 the balloon stuff. So, bra- I mean... um. <laughs> Joe Biden finally addressed the balloon incident, and, and he said stupid things that we've heard before that, that make no sense. Um, you know, basically, you know, they just shot down. You know, it was a it was a club. <laughs> I'm sure you heard this, Captain. Um, one of the balloons shot down over Alaska. Well, apparently, uh, it's believed now, suspected that it was a a balloon that belonged to an amateur ballooning club. Right? It was a hobby club, and these balloons cost twelve dollars, a maximum of something like two hundred eighty dollars. So we fired. A four hundred thousand dollar missile at a balloon, and these balloons look like party balloons, by the way, and they just put kind of a um, some kind of radio um, on the bottom of them to track their movements. But it's it's a party balloon, so we we send a sidewinder missile to destroy a balloon that you would have at your kid's birthday party. How about that? I feel safe. I feel very safe. Don't you? But anyway, he went out there and said that, you know, they had to shoot these things down because, you know, they were getting close to surveilling, you know, secret sites and things like that, which makes no sense because he just allowed this supposed Chinese balloon to do the same. Now, look, I had a theory out there, and um, whether it's true or not is of little importance to the the, the major point I want to make here. Um, people don't realize this, um, you know— we're talking about the Chinese spy balloon that it was, you know, surveilling our, uh, you know, military and nuclear sites in Montana. And, of course, that's concerning. We should all be alarmed. Um, and the question, of course, was why didn't you shoot it down? And, and the, the answer they gave was never, uh, never true. Uh, it, it never, you know, met the litmus test of, of truth. I mean, um, they, they could have shot it down and they decided not to for whatever reason. What The reason they didn't shoot it down, they've not told us. Um, that's what we don't know. Um, and and one of the questions I raised was, what if this wasn't a Chinese spy balloon? What if it was actually a U.S. spy balloon? Now, before many of you say, "Oh, Drew, that sounds crazy," and everything else, let me let me explain why I'm suggesting that. Uh, because the justification given by this administration, you know, uh, they they well they say now that they were tracking the balloon all the way from an island in China. And they followed it for you know seven days over the United States, and then shot it down when it finished its mission. That, that that's odd to me. Why wouldn't you shoot it down? Why would you shoot it down? That's the question. Why didn't you shoot down the balloon? We don't know. We don't know. Um, yes, it's possible because the you know Xi you know told them not to, and they they didn't want to upset China. But they ended up shooting it down. So it, it just it, something's not making sense here to me. So one of the just theories I'm posing to get people thinking is what if they didn't shoot it down because it was part of a U.S. spy program? And that's the reason they didn't reveal it. That's the way reason they didn't let us know, because it was a U.S. balloon, and they didn't want us to know about the surveillance state that it represents in America and what they're doing behind the scenes to violate our civil rights and liberties. Pull up the uh, photo one, I think it is, Captain, just so you, you can see what I'm talking about there. The headline, this is from the Guardian back on 2000, in 2000, sorry, uh, Duke, uh, second photo there, Captain, sorry. So here's the headline. Pentagon testing mass surveillance balloons across the U.S. What does this mean? This is written on August 2nd, 2019. I want to read some pull quotes for you. Stay with me. The U.S. military is conducting wide area surveillance tests across six Midwest states using experimental high-altitude balloons. Documents filed with the Federal Communications Commission reveal. Now, get this, up to 25 unmanned solar-powered balloons are being launched from rural South Dakota and drifting 250 miles through an area spanning portions of Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Missouri before concluding in central Illinois. Traveling in the stratosphere at altitudes of up to 65,000 feet. These balloons that they ran these tests with, our government that is, are the very balloons, The very is the, matches, and is the very balloon that flew over Montana. Uh, these balloons are carrying high-tech radars designed to simultaneously track many individual vehicles day or night through any kind of weather. These tests have been commissioned by the U.S. Southern Command, SOUTHCOM, which is responsible for disaster response, intelligence operations, and security cooperation in the Caribbean and Central and South America. SOUTHCOM is a joint effort by the U.S. Army, Navy, Air Force, and other forces. Now, Uh, One individual back then, Jay Stanley, he's he's a senior policy analyst at the American Civil Liberties Union. He said that even in these tests, they're still collecting a lot of data on Americans. Who's driving to the union house, the church, the mosque, the Alzheimer's clinic, he said. We should not go down the road of allowing this to be used in the United States, and it's disturbing to hear that these tests are being carried out by the military, no less. Now, this administration has said nothing about their own spy balloon program. Now, the agency that is developing... Now, there's a program called ALTA out there, okay? ALTA is um, stands for... Let me see what it stands for again. I, I can't remember. It's part of DARPA. Now, you might remember DARPA because DARPA is the Pentagon's research arm. DARPA is actually the the agency that developed mRNA technology before COVID-19 even was unleashed which was a very odd coincidence and in fact the Washington Post reported I think it was you know in the midst of the pandemic that but for DARPA working on these COVID-19 shots the technology you know years ahead of the COVID-19 pandemic we probably wouldn't have had the vaccine so it's kind of odd that DARPA was prepared for that what what were they doing we know that the government US government was involved in developing this gain-of-function research and funding it. And, and my point is we have a, a, a such a big federal government, so powerful that a lot of these things happen even without the attention of Congress members. They're top-secret programs. So there are a couple of different private companies working with Southcom, working with DARPA to develop this technology. One is Raven Aerostar. They're, they were the ones who supplied the balloons to Southcom for those tests. Uh, They've also supplied balloons to Alphabet subsidiary Loon. Gosh, what could go possibly wrong with internet companies, uh, giants like Google, collecting our data and monitoring our movements? The federal government would never, ever weaponize that against the American people, right? They would never, ever use that against us. They would be totally responsible. You know, except that it's really fascinating because, you know, I remember I printed this story so I could read it. Do you, if you remember back in 2000, I think this was 13, 14. Well, d- well, firstly, do you remember Edward Snowden, that name, right? He's the one who revealed that the NSA, well, they, they had access to bulk data. They were basically taking information from internet companies and cell records for all American citizens. A bulk collection of data, not targeted. And the government lied about it. You know, you had, this is the CIA and NSA doing this. And, you know, in 2013, um, Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon, um, well, he asked then director of national intelligence, James Clapper, if the NSA collected any data, any type of data at all on millions or hundreds of millions of Americans. And Clapper said, no, no. Well, guess what? Clapper would later apologize in a letter to the Senate Intelligence Committee calling his response to wide and clearly erroneous. So Clapper lied. He knew the CIA and the NSA were collecting data and spying essentially on the American citizens, tens of millions of us, and nobody knew about it until these senators got involved. And, you know, the FBI, they spied on Martin Luther King Jr., you may recall, uh, Operation Chaos. Um, The CIA, they investigated whether you know the movement opposing the Vietnam War had links to foreign countries. So if you oppose the Vietnam War, you know you were public enemy number one, and that's what the Democrats are doing more and more, and using with these things. I'll get into a story when we end about the fact that the federal government is actually uh, implementing vaccine passports soon. That's that's not conspiracy theory either. That's that's true. They they know if you've been vaccinated and if you've not. They have now a partnership with uh, hospitals and your doctors to share that data with the federal government, which is a violation uh, of your civil rights as well. But they don't care. They don't care. They're doing it anyway. And you think that the COVID tyranny is over. It's not. So I want to get back to these spy balloons, okay? Um, So here's the description of Southcom's balloons that they used to surveil six Midwestern states in 2019 on 25 different missions. The FCC documents show that Southcom's balloons are carrying small satellite-like vehicles, housing sophisticated sensors and communication gear. Uh, one of those sensors is a synthetic aperture radar intended to detect every car or boat in motion on a 25-mile swath beneath the balloon. Uh, these are fitted with technology, something called Gorgon Stare. Um, this, is, this is provided by a company, a research company called Sierra Nevada, which has a cozy relationship with DARPA. Um, Gorgon Stair, you know, basically, you know, just to read you from this article from The Guardian, the wide area surveillance system comprises nine cameras capable of recording panoramic images across an entire city. Simultaneously, this is a massive, massive surveillance operation, and our government has been developing it. So the idea that They have these balloons. They've been working on developing this technology. And this administration is acting dumb, right? They're trying to study this balloon that they blew up off of the coast of of the Carolinas. They don't seem to understand it. They're trying to figure out what it is. Well, we have these balloons. We have these balloons. And they're acting like the Chinese are sending these all the time, that it's normal. Well, what about the U.S. spy balloon program? That's what I want to know about. There's been no discussion about this. Um. So, you know, there's, like I said, there's a couple companies that are doing this. Um, you've got another one called Worldview. Uh, they're doing the same thing. And, you know, what's interesting about, about Worldview, you know, back when this article was published, they reached out to some of these, these companies, these, these executives, and they said, you know, like Ryan Hartman, the, the CEO of, of, of Worldview, who's one of the developers of these balloons and these technologies, surveillance balloons, well, he, he, he said that the, he had c- completed a dozen surveillance test missions for a customer, but he wouldn't name the customer. And he said it was capturing data, but he wouldn't specify what that data was specifically. So, you know, the Southcom surveillance tests, this is so alarming, are probably just the tip of the iceberg. Scott Wickersham, the vice president of Raven Aerostar, told The Guardian, that it has also been working with Sierra Nevada and the Pentagon's research arm DARPA on a highly sophisticated and challenging development around the stratosphere. These are the balloons we're talking about. This refers to the agency's Adaptable Lighter Than Air, ALTA, program, an ongoing effort to perfect stratospheric balloon navigation, which has included multiple launches across the country. So these balloons are flying across the country, but it's our own government who is sending them up. And once again, it's very troublesome to me that DARPA is involved in this. DARPA, who has a very bizarre history predicting and developing the COVID-19 vaccines. And now you have DARPA that is surveilling American citizens, and we don't know anything about this program except for this article in 2019. And so my question is, I'm just asking the question, a journalist should ask this. Is it possible that the balloon they shot down that flew over Montana was not a Chinese spy balloon? Is it possible that it was a US spy balloon since we have a fleet of them here and that they've been used in the past? Is it possible that the reason this administration didn't take action is because it was one of our own balloons, because it was part of our own spy program, DARPA, and that's why they didn't want to take it out? And they didn't want the pieces following anywhere near civilization, they wanted to cordone off the area off of the coast of Carolina and have the Navy go in there and pick up all the pieces? And look, even if this was from China, it doesn't change the fact that I want to know what our own government's doing with these spy balloons themselves. Now that we know that they've been conducting surveillance operations on the American people, capturing entire movement of cities in real time. So remember this. Remember this story. And now let's go to another story about the expanding surveillance state. The fact that the government wants to control us. They want to punish us. They want to make sure they can find us. All right, here's a story from Epic Times. The U.S. government has secretly been tracking those who didn't get the COVID jab or are only partially jabbed through a previously unknown surveillance program designed by the U.S. National Center for Health Statistics, a division of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Now, who believes it's constitutional for the CDC, which is a bunch of unelected bureaucrats and yet another agency in the federal government, to establish a surveillance program that is letting the government know your private health information about your vaccination status? Does that sound like something that happens in a free society in which we the people are master and those in government are our servant? It does not. It does not. Now, the program was implemented on April 1st, 2022 and adopted by most medical clinics and hospitals starting January, 2023. And the way this works is your health professional asks you, are you vaccinated against COVID-19? And you say yes or no. They're going to note that in a computer system. You're not going to know any of this. And that information, they're going to put in certain codes and they're even going to put in codes. They're going to ask you why you weren't vaccinated. They're going to ask you why. And they're going to put that information in there and share that with the federal government. So Joe Biden, his administration, the CDC, just like the CIA, just like the FBI, just like all these, these, these bureaucratic creations that are used against the American people, well, now we have the CDC doing the same. Collecting your health information and sharing it with the government unbeknownst to you. A secret surveillance operation. Do you see why I asked the question about the spy balloon now? It is not conspiracy theory. We know this is happening now. Now I want to go on with this. Under this program, doctors at clinics and hospitals have been instructed to ask patients about their vaccination status, which is then added to their electronic medical records as a diagnostic code known as ICD-10 code so that they can be tracked inside and outside of the medical system. You thought COVID was over. We all thought COVID was over. It's not over. It's not over. They have not finished their plans. We thought they were done. We tried to move on with our lives. They're not done. They are hell-bent on finishing the job, which now we understand the purpose. One of the primary purposes of this was to establish this type of medical tyranny in this country and around the world, and that's what they're doing in the U.S. The government is also tracking noncompliance with all other recommended vaccines using new ICD-10 codes. And um, it's also adding a billable ICD code for vaccine safety counseling. So let me explain how they're going to put the pressure on you and tighten the noose around your neck. Your health insurance is going to go up if you're not vaccinated. Do you know why? Because through this program, if you say, hey, I'm not vaccinated or I'm partially vaccinated and, and it's in and it and you're admitting that you're not fully compliant with what the Biden administration and your tyrannical government have demanded of you in terms of your body, your choice, not your choice. Well, that doctor then is going to include some program called Vaccine Safety Counseling in which they're going to admonish you in the room, suggest that maybe you you should get the vaccine. They're going to bill you for that time in the office. And that's going to be charged to your insurance company. Do you see how insidious these psychopaths are, how they work, how they manipulate the system? So it's medical tyranny. And the objective is to establish vaccine passports. Now, the, the U.S. government is not going to do it. I, they're going to do it through back channels. They're going to require private companies, airlines, rental cars to require this proof so that you will be denied service. So the segregation, the discrimination has not ended. This is just gonna pop up at a time to be determined when, when, they're, when they're ready and we're all gonna be shocked. We're all gonna be shocked. But you won't be shocked because I just told you. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And, and you know what? I had a lot of other stuff to get to, Captain. I'm not going to get to it today with Joe Biden. He's running for president. You know, I mean, you know, it's, it's, a, it's such a joke. It's such a joke. I mean, they they look, let me just summarize it this way. Joe Biden, the, the, the Democrat field is so pathetic, so pathetic, so embarrassing, so radical, that Joe Biden is still their only hope at winning an election in 2024. That's the reality. And people know he's old. They know he's brain dead. They know he's cognitively impaired. But publicly, of course, they're trying to still cover that up. But that's a joke. In private, they're saying, we know he's too old. We know there's a problem. But they don't want to deal with Kamala Harris. And they know Kamala Harris is worse than Hillary Clinton even. That's what we learned in 2016. No woman in politics has ever been more despised than Hillary Clinton. And Kamala Harris is that much worse. And, you know, George Soros, if you saw... He just came out and basically said that they're really worried about DeSantis. So basically he's endorsing DeSantis and people are interpreting that, misinterpreting that as, you know, DeSantis is a bad guy. That, that's not why he's doing it. And look, I don't have a dog in the race right now, pony, horse, whatever it is. I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, I, I, I'll share my opinions freely, but I'm not endorsing a candidate right now. But the reason George Soros is doing this is because they really want to pressure and push Ron DeSantis to announce his candidacy. And the reason they want Ron DeSantis in the race is because they hope that they can, they, the Democrats, can push Ron DeSantis over the finish line. They want Ron DeSantis to be the uh, Republican candidate, not because they believe he's a formidable force. They're hoping that it will force Trump to run as a third party candidate. And then they will, you know, basically be unchallenged in 2024. They'll win very easily. That that's what's going on, just so you understand the ins and outs of this. The, the, the media is so dishonest, even on our side about how they interpret this, because they just want to shock you with a headline. You know, like that the pro-Trump people come out and say, Oh, look, see, uh Soros supports DeSantis. So That means he's in bed with... That's not what that means, okay? Okay, it's not, you know? I mean, Nikki Haley... I'll I'll say this right now. Nikki Haley sucks. Uh, The only people who like Nikki Haley live in South Carolina. uh, And she is a vapid, uh, Bush-era style of politician. No substance. No substance. um, Just full of talking points. Not as bad as a Democrat, but not much better. I want to finish with a story, Captain, and we might just go over by a couple minutes here because I'm fired up and I'm very upset about this and I want to use this platform to bring attention to it. Not that it will make a difference at all, unfortunately. I I have a, a very, very good friend here where I live. um, And he <clears throat> jumped through hoops. He's a firefighter in California. He jumped through hoops to get a job. He went through a grueling interview process. It lasted months and months. Um, He's really inconveniencing uh, himself to get this job in Oakland, California. Now, early on in the pandemic, uh, he was the only one in his... uh, Fire station, if you will, in the department who did not get vaccinated the only one he worked in a different department here uh, in the area, and he didn't get the vaccine and that was tough for him the pressure was on he didn't do it he didn't do it, and he was very proud he stood his ground and uh you know the 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 area city whatever he worked in, he was able to get away with it well now he's he's decided to pursue this New job as a firefighter in Oakland. It's, it's a much better paying job. It will change his life, literally. It will change his life. Financially, uh, it's exciting. You know, if you understand these people who are first responders like this, like firefighters, you know, <laughs> some of these guys are wired like Navy SEALs. They want the action. They don't want to be safe. They want structure fires. They want to run into burning buildings and save people. That's how they're wired. And we're very lucky to have people like this out there. And my friend is one of them. Well, after going through this entire interview process um, and being offered the job, well, he's been told as of yesterday, I believe, or today, that he has to be vaccinated to get the job. And they've given him something like a week to get the jab. So my friend is faced with a decision. Um, And I I don't know uh, the ins and outs. I don't know how much leeway there is. I don't think there is any because it's Oakland, California. And these people are communist pieces of garbage. And knowing everything that we know now about the vaccines, about, you know, the side effects, that they're not, that that they can be dangerous for many people, they can cause myocarditis, there are harmful side effects. And this is a young, healthy person. Knowing now what we know about the vaccine efficacy, the fact that uh, in many studies, the vaccinated are actually more likely to come down with COVID while natural immunity is a safer path and he has had COVID in the past. Knowing all of this, Oakland Fire Department is still telling him, get vaxxed or no job. And I, uh, I really, I can't imagine being in that situation right now. Um, and the reason they're doing this, still, still, is because they want to destroy the human spirit. They want to destroy the human spirit. And that's what it's been about all along. I am not here to criticize anyone who has been vaccinated or not. That's a personal choice. But what I am saying is forcing vaccination like this from the government when there's no reason or rationale to do so is repugnant. It's disgusting. And we do not live in a free country. We live in a tyranny. And the message is resistance is futile. Your government is master now, and you are servant. And you will do what we say. And you're going to do what we say, even though you don't want to. Even though everything inside you is screaming that this is wrong. We're going to make you do it because you're not going to have a job. We're going to make you do it because we're going to make the pain so hard for you. We're going to threaten your livelihood, your future, your career. So you're going to do this, even though you've been fighting against it tooth and nail with every fiber of your being and when you do it you'll never be the same and you know why you'll never be the same because we just sent you a message that you cannot win against us you didn't want to get vaccinated and we made you do it there's nothing we can't make you do so accept your new position wrap your brain around the new mentality in america you got a new government. And we're master, and you're servant, and you can shut up, and don't even bother putting up a fight. Because in the end, we always win. Antithetical to the Constitution, antithetical to the founding. And I just want to share that, because that's a human being, that's my friend. Imagine the sleepless nights that he and his family are going through because of this decision that is absolutely ridiculous that he's being forced to make. It's sick. It's absolutely sick. All right. Well, Captain, thanks for making this happen. Captain is in New Orleans (laughs) in a hotel room, as I said. Uh, But that's how devoted we are to getting the message out. Um, All right. Well, God bless you all, everybody. Have a great weekend. This is your Millennial Minister of Truth, Drew Allen. Until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've I've become a big fan of your writing. of the great... Young thinkers of our time appreciate his opinion. True Allen has driven I look to this guy for wisdom.